Welcome to Elemental Fun, a historical and cultural look of the elements of the periodic table. fun. My name is Grace. My name is Cindy and any small baby noises you hear would be my baby Cordelia. Hi Cordelia. It's so great being able to see her through a screen but video screen because you know pandemic and stuff. Yes yes we are still in the pandemic. It has been a long time since we recorded. We recorded in late March that was the last time we've <laughs> been a little busy with you with teaching um second graders right um yes. online. crisis teaching as we crisis call it teaching yes. and then me having a baby mm-hmm. and then continuing to have the baby in the house yes. <laughs> with a seven-year-old who then i was helping finish his first grade <laughs> online. yes that's how that's i feel fun. about it too cordelia that's how we all feel about it (laughs) we're all getting ready for online in the fall so yes but it'll be different it will not be crisis teaching right it'll be planned we will actually have a plan as much as we can plan well no teachers are going to be pretty oh no them i'm just saying like that's going to be all planned but then how it all pans out will be Yes. Whatever happens. Yes. Yeah. Flexibility is key. Exactly. Everyone's always like, we need a lot of grace. And I'm like, I'm in high demand these days. But <laughs> it's true. So today, <laughs> moving on. Moving uh, on to, to the actual podcast. Yes. We are going to talk about three elements today. And those three elements are connected by Madam. Mm-hmm. Marie Curie. So yes. we are going to talk about radium, polonium, and curium. Curium is not uh, was not discovered by yeah. the Curies, but was named and, after them. And, and since and since there's probably not that much to say about it, no, that's we just threw it in with this one in hopes that we could be like and check that one off the list. Yeah. It is connected though. Yes. So um, I am going to go through um, um, Marie Curie's life a little bit, and um, we'll talk. And Cindy's going to talk more about the elements, and I'll tell some fun facts about Marie Curie later on. But we'll just go through it that way. So yeah. Um, Marie Curie, wife, mother. An all-around badass scientist. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is in the 1800s. So, you know, like, an early 1900s, like, pretty awesome lady (laughs) to be a big deal back then. And and we'll talk about how the fact that her husband pretty much was, like, right there with her for most of the work and discoveries. Oh, yes. But she is remembered simply because women were not allowed to do this at this time. Mm -hmm. And she broke a lot of barriers 
in her time. And it's not just about the discoveries of the elements that she discovered. It's about how she was able to overcome a lot of things. And she was the first to do quite a few things. So, yeah, it's just, it is kind of funny, though, because I feel kind of bad when I was looking up the, their, you know, the, the, um, the elements. And it was like Marie and, and Pierre Curie. And I'm like, oh, I never hear about this guy. <laughs> It's like a reverse thing. Usually you never hear about the woman that did right, stuff. Right. And now it's like, oh, I feel kind of bad for, for her husband, even though it's super awesome. You, you so, will feel yeah. even worse as we go on. So, awesome. So, Let's learn. Uh, Marie Curie was born Maria Sklodowska. Sklodowska. She <laughs> in Warsaw, Poland on November 7th. 1867. She was the daughter of a secondary school teacher. Now, this was important because she received a general education at a local school, but some of her scientific training came bad, which most girls wouldn't have gotten just, you know, with like their dad not being a teacher. Right. Well, she became involved in a student's revolutionary organization, so she had to leave Warsaw. Because the part of, um, back then, Warsaw was dominated by Russia, but Ah. the other part of Poland, uh, Krakow, was Austrian rule. And so, because of her uh, her connection with the revolutionists, she had to leave um, and get out of there. They probably like revolution, generally, governments. Yeah, Yeah. and Russia, in general, doesn't like when people revolt. Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she went to Paris in 1891 to continue her studies, where she obtained a, lic- a, a licenseship in physics and mathematics studies, which is basically a license to practice. Oh, okay. I was like, what? A licenseship? Yeah, it's a license, a licenseship hmm. in physics and mathematics science. Basically, like I can. I, I am qualified right, to, to do yeah to practice this like a, cert, like a certification basically mm-hmm. I'm certified to be able to do this yeah or in that profession right that kind of thing um, in 1894 she met Pierre Curie and they were married within a year he was a professor at the school of physics and this is all in France yes we 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 in in and in that time they had two daughters. Um, they had Eve Curie and I think Irene Curie. Um, in 1898, together, oh, yeah. Irene, Irene Joliot Curie. Yes, mm-hmm. in 1898, together, they took the work of French scientist Henri, oh boy, Becquerel. <laughs> he basically um, found out that uranium salts give off a strong radiation, and they took that and they took it a step further. And in 1897, they found out. How to take uh, precise radiation measurements. She is responsible for coining the term radioactivity. She is? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. In 1898, they isolated the radioactive element polonium and radium. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to pump the brakes so that Cindy can talk a little bit about radium. And or you could talk about one and then I could chat more and then you can talk about okay the other. 
So I'm going to start off too with talking about the radioactivity um, mm -hmm. because what there's different types of radioactivity. Um, and yeah, this gets kind of confusing. So it does. It does a little bit. So the 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 way that they discuss basically the the characteristics of the radiation is ionizing power and penetration power. So ionizing power is basically how much um, the ability of the radiation that to damage molecules. So how how able is it to mess things up? Basically, these okay. molecules, which would include like your DNA and other things in your body, right? The penetration power is the ability of the radiation to pass through matter. So one is how much damage it does. The other one is how far it can go through stuff. Okay. So which is both are important because if you have a high ionizing, so you're highly can damage molecules, and you have high penetration power, there's not much you can do to stop it. Right. <laughs> so it would be bad if those were both together. But luckily, they're usually you get one or the other. So alpha radiation um, is, which is basically uh, the nucleus of a helium atom, has uh, two protons and two neutrons, is what gets released as the radioactivity, uh, as the element decays and it sheds this radiation. Wait, isn't there a helium shortage? Should we just... Uh, well, but it's just radiation? a helium nucleus because it's not a helium oh. atom because you have to have the two electrons oh. with those two protons to be a helium uh, actual atom. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Continue. So it's just the helium nucleus that they're putting, and that's what they call an alpha particle. So that one has low penetration, but very high ionizing power. So it can do a lot of damage, but the only shielding you need is either paper or skin. Oh. So with an so alpha like radiation, it doesn't even go through your skin. That's what your epidermis is so great. <laughs> it stops things like this. Then there's beta radiation which is actually uh, high energy electrons that are being spewn off basically. Okay. Um, and that has both intermediate penetration and intermediate ionizing power. Um, to shield it, you need something like aluminum. So like um, a metal. Okay. And then there's gamma radiation, which is energy, just energy being given off. And this penetration is very high, but it's ionizing. The damage it can do is very low. So it can get through a lot of stuff, but it's not gonna do as much damage as your alpha radiation would. And this is the one, if you want to protect yourself, you have to have two inches of lead. Ooh. Yeah, to protect you from gamma. And lead's not that great. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be around lead either. <laughs> About that. Lesser of two evils. Um, so the why we kind of bring that up is that both uh, radium and polonium give off alpha radiation. So... High damage. High, high damage, but easily protected. Correct. Okay. So that's good. Um, and then uh, radium also, uh, I read it, it gives off beta and gamma, but they didn't really go too much into the rest of radium. But we'll start off with polonium because it's a fun word to say. It and is. Do you know why it was named polonium? After her home country of Poland. Poland. So that was a nice homage yes. to her. And um, actually, they were going they knew they were gonna whatever element they were gonna discover, they already knew they were gonna name it polonium. They uh, like had decided on it decided ahead it. of time, even before they were able to because it separate took it. a long time to separate it. Took it took months. Yeah. 
It took a months. long time and a lot of work in their little hut. <laughs> in their little thing. It's true. So they, um, it's a silvery gray, obviously radioactive, semi-metal. Um, in 1898, Marie and her husband um, isolated it from what's called pitch blend. Yes. Which is an ore made of with a lot of uranium oxide. So uranium, your radioactive uranium. Um, and they were searching for the source of the radioactivity because they knew that it did that, but it wasn't just the uranium. Um, they found that unrefined pitch blend was more radioactive than the uranium that they separated it from. So they knew there's something else because it's not the uranium that's giving off this high amounts of radioactivity. So it took months of work because in one ton of uranium, there is 0. 0.0001 gram of polonium. <laughs> so this is minuscule amount that they were able to finally isolate. Um, and the that polonium was the isotope polonium-209. Because if we, quick thing, isotopes are the same element, just different number of neutrons, so it has different weight. So this isotope has a half-life, which means it takes... Uh, the half-life is how long it takes to decrease by half as it decays, um, of 103 years. Yeah. And it is 400 more times more radioactive than uranium. Just crazy. Because you think uranium, that's where the, uh, you know, that's what we use for nuclear stuff. It's uranium. Like, that's really radioactive. <laughs> no. Well, and the way they, they like, the, the techniques they were using to separate, like, I... I was reading an article and it was even saying how like they use like bags with pine needles and they were just like trying to wear down things. And it just was like a very almost basic, not the new term basic, but the old term basic, the right. original definition. Yeah, I mean, this is the 18, late 1800s. They're not in early 1900s. They don't have like really Again, great I'm sitting technology. There going, how did they go? This gives off more rate and more radiation. I'm like, if I ran into something that was radioactive, I'd be like, what <laughs> what's going on well i said at least this one like your skin stops it so <laughs> better so it's not quite so damaging but but pr prior to that the only elements that they knew were radioactive were uranium and thorium mm. so this was a huge discovery that there's more things that are radioactive we and should do uranium and thorium in the same one we should yes we should. because there's some cool stuff about thorium about nuclear reactors and i know that from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be safer than what we use. So that will, those will be good ones to do together. Yeah. Um, and so the existence of polonium was forecast by Mendeleev um, because he was looking at his periodic table and he's like, I think there's something that comes after bismuth. There's something there, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. So only yes, because it was only a few years before that that uh, he had kind of created the the periodic table right and, and they they had like spaces for where there were spaces where things know, but weren't there should be invented. something here yeah so just, a, just a recap cindy recap the periodic table and how they would know there were gaps in those squares can you oh because the periodic table they basically laid it out by weight <laughs> and and or the how much the um uh, isn't it how many it's how it's how many um let me pull it up just to get my bearings. It's <laughs> <Come> uh, <on>, <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's basically done by weight, which is the the number of um, uh, protons and neutrons in it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the numbers that go up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve are the number of protons in the atom. 
because that's the, as I like to call the identity. If you change mm -hmm. the number of protons, you change the atom, um, the element that it is. Yeah. So they basically laid it out like that. And so when they knew, you know, like, oh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, and then we have this other one that's eight. Well, there's probably something that's <laughs> just five, <laughs> six, and seven in the middle. Um, so they, based on the, either the atomic number, which is the number of protons or the weight, they knew that there were spaces that they were missing in the periodic table that they would eventually find. Right. Okay. I so, just wanted to make sure yeah. for anyone that was like, how did they know there were gaps? I don't understand. Because it's by weight. Other podcasts. Like if you, well, um, well, cause like, so the number one, you know, Hydrogen, right, right. right. <laughs> Hydrogen's not number one because it's the coolest. No, nope. it's because it's got one proton. It's because it's got one proton. And that's why the bottom of the thing is are all these obscure ones because they're basically ones we've created in labs. Right. Because they don't exist. And we basically force protons into an atom to make a new element. We're like, it's there that it disappears. Which we'll talk about we talked about the curium. Yes. So um do you want to wait to talk yeah. about radium? Uh, yeah. Well, I still got more about uh, polonium. Oh, well, quick. well by yeah. all means, just you just go for it. You go. So, um, it's in biology. There's no role in biology because you don't want it in your body because it's highly toxic because it's radioactive. <laughs> um, right. Your your skin will stop it, but if you happen to ingest it for some reason, which I don't recommend, um, about fifty to ninety percent of it will leave through your poop. Oh, right. Um, well, actually, it, hmm? I found proof that it actually is found naturally in the human body because it's present in our food chain oh yes 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 so yeah there is um and i'll let me get to that yeah um if it is get in your body it will there will be deposited in the kidneys and the liver and the spleen um and it has a half-life of like 50 days so it's not it's not going to be in there long term mm -hmm. um but um well and so uh, it is very rare, um, found in uranium ore in nature, um, but there is traces in the air and the soil. Mm -hmm. And uranium decays into radium, which decays into radon gas, which decays into polonium. So that's where it's found in the air. Um, mm -hmm. And in um, in the soil, there's lichens that can, or there's um, things called lichens, which are a combination of fungus and algae together, mm -hmm. and they absorb it from the air. And so in northern areas, people who eat reindeer, and the reindeer happen to eat lichens, can oh, have really? higher polonium concentrations in their blood than other people. Because huh. they eat reindeer that eat lichens that absorb polonium. Again, from the, the ah. food chain. Exactly. And um, there was a 2011 study that tobacco companies know that cigarettes and other tobacco products contain low levels of polonium. <laughs> And they say that up to 138 deaths for every 1,000 smokers over 25 years are due to polonium. And another study shows that there are two times the amount of polonium in the ribs of smokers than in non-smokers. Wow. So, like, the, the, the scary thing there really isn't the fact that it kills people. It's that the tobacco companies no. know it's there and don't care. Nope. I have two fun facts about polonium. Mm -hmm. Um, one is that it, it was a large component of the atomic bomb that destroyed Nagasaki. Yes. So because of that, they, because it, for its uses is for, as an alpha source, as those alpha particles, 
So um, as a thin film or stainless steel disc for anti-static devices, because it neutralizes the electric charge because the electrons go out and it has protons, so it neutralizes them. Um, so things like in computers, sometimes it'll be there. Um, dust from photographic film and the source of thermoelectric power for space satellites. Mm. Um, um, but the, they can be mixed or alloyed with beryllium to provide a source of neutrons, and that's what it is for the nuclear weapons. So they take beryllium and polonium, and that is, they keep it separated until activation, and once they, once they put them together, it, um, uh, it's the, what they call the trigger for the bomb, because mm. it releases those neutrons. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that was why, in for yeah, the first atomic bomb was important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I doubt, you know, Marie Curie was like, wow, good use of my discovery, guys. Right. Great. Um, the other random fact I have about polonium was that in 2006, a former member of the Russian Secret Service, Alexander Litvinenko, mm -hmm. was a Russian spy in London. Yes. He was murdered in London when his tea was poisoned with polonium. And do you know that in 2004, it is thought that the Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat was, it was suspected that he, he um, was killed by polonium because there was high levels of polonium on his clothes. <gasps> That's mm -hmm. so crazy. So there's been a couple high profile deaths that have been linked to polonium. Mm -hmm. um, another interesting fact is that, so I mentioned for uh, thermoelectric power for space satellites. So thermo is heat. It, they use it for a source of heat because one gram will reach 500 degrees centigrade due to the alpha radiation emitted. So it's good for space equipment to keep it warm. Wow. And one gram is the weight of a dollar bill. <laughs> Not a lot. will reach 500 degrees Celsius. Remembering that 100 degrees Celsius is boiling water. <laughs> so five times that heat is what it reaches. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um... So that as hot as me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I think actually, I think that's it for polonium. I think I have mm. everything that I I was going to talk about with them. Oh, no, one last thing. Okay. They think that the first person, possibly, that died from polonium poisoning, was Marie Curie's daughter Irene. Did she die? Did Marie die of rate? Well, she and died of. She died of leukemia. But a polonium capsule exploded on her lab bench, oh. which may have been why she got leukemia and died 10 years later. Because radioactivity can damage your DNA, damage to your DNA can, ca can cause cancer. I read that, wait, are you talking about um, her daughter or Marie? Mm -hmm. No, her daughter, Irene. Okay, because Marie, I mean, her- well, Don't they think that, don't they think that she died from long-term poisoning? Yes. Yeah, they said it was anemia, but basically she was. You can't exposed. see. You can't see Grace, but she's doing the air quotes. Or oh as, right, right. Or as right. my son, as my son likes to call them, air quivers. <laughs> air quivers. Because he couldn't remember what quotes was, so he's like, "The air. I'm doing the air quivers." Like, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard inklings that too that she died from long-term exposure. Um, I mean, she was basically working with all these radioactivity things her entire life. So yeah, no, there's, there's. I think they like. Well, considering that no one can go into her lab. Oh, yeah. No, you can't run. use your notebook because yeah. it's still it's still radioactive. Yeah. And and yeah. 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 So we'll get to that. Um, yeah. 
So in 1903, she uh, shares, she was, I think, the first woman to receive a Nobel Prize, but she had to share it it. with her husband and Mm -hmm. with Becquerel, the guy with the uranium salt, um, in 1903. But, and actually, when they initially put in the paperwork, they did not include her name in it. And I believe it was her husband that was like, uh, no, she <laughs> helped a lot. So <laughs> put her name on that paper. That. Um, and she, um, she also succeeded her husband as the head of the physics labor- uh, laboratory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sound like Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> laboratory. Um, at Sorbonne, which was her al- alma mater. And she gained her doctorate in science in 1903. Ooh, she's cool. a doctor, exactly. but tragedy hits dun, dun, dun. in 1906. <gasps> Pierre Curie died tragically at the age of 46 when he was crushed under the wheels and hooves of a passing horse-drawn carriage. What? Yep. He was run over? Basically. Why? That seems I like don't. something. It's not like the horses were going ninety miles an hour. Like, I mean, they could be going pretty fast, but you'd think you'd be able to jump out of the way. I, I'm guessing he fell into the street. Mm. That would be my guess. Yeah, maybe he was pushed. Dun, dun, dun. He might have been pushed. Or maybe he was I drunk. Don't know. Crazy. That's... Yeah. So like, so then she was. Oh, wait. Um, so wait, what year was that? Uh, it was in 1906. Oh, 1906. Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah, Arpin died. They'd already gotten their uh, Nobel Prize. Right. And, and that first Nobel Prize was in physics. Oh, was it? Was then, that? no. Oh. Be, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So, Because um, we're talking so, about chemistry here, Grace. I know, but they, they gave it to him in physics. Okay. So she wasn't included in the paperwork in 1903, but when they won it, the awards were, like, blown up by the, quote, media, end quote, mm-hmm. of the time. Because the idea of a, a married, romant- like, a couple working together, and like, it created this whole romanticism. Or, and, of course, no one even cared about the Nobel Prizes back then. Right. Like, they weren't a big deal. But then, like, all of a sudden, there's a woman, and they're in love, and they're discovering new elements. And, like, the romanticism of it kind of just made it go um, crazy. And um, and then after radium was discovered, they started using Curie's name on all sorts of products for radium. Like Curie's uh, hair products that would have, like... Oh, right, because well, women, uh, as Ebony advertised it, women sell things better than men. And they, yeah, and radium, they used to think that it had curative properties until they discovered all the radioactivity. And they put well, it in toothpaste and hair creams and food oh, stuff. Baby clothes. They yeah. put radium in baby clothes. Because how, did they, they, how did the human race get to where we are now? I don't know. How did we not kill ourselves? <laughs> well, we're trying real hard. It's true. Um, um, also, so, so in 1906, she was the first woman profess- professor at Sorbonne mm-hmm. um, when her husband tragically got crushed mm-hmm. um and it was in 1911 that she was awarded the second nobel prize this time in chemistry for radium and polonium and mm-hmm. isolating radium she became the first person to receive two nobel prizes uh, the first person first person wow that's pretty cool because mm-hmm. yeah, i mean it's pretty big to win one nobel prize <laughs> I, 
<laughs> most people just get one. Most people don't get any. <laughs> most people That's correct. Correction. Most people don't even know what it is, and right. then a small fraction that know what it is won't get one, and then not even a smaller fraction of that might be nominated for one, and then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tiny percentage. Um. So, and then in 1914, they started. Well, they they completed the construction of the Radium Institute. Um, it was a, a radioactivity lab built for her by the Pasteur Institute and the University of Paris. And that is actually the building that has all her radioactive materials today. Uh-huh. It is surrounded by a concrete wall with barbed wire on the top and like, no one's allowed inside unless they're wearing protective so they have their lab and They built everything around it and then sealed off her lab. So Basically. And actually, they consider um, this... Uh, da, 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 let me find that note. Her lab is dubbed the Chernobyl on the Seine. Her huh. lab is still radioactive and they bar people from entering because there's so much radioactivity. It's not close enough that people like on the sidewalk, like you said, the alpha particles, like the, it, right. can't, it, it can't affect yeah, them. Yeah, I can't, can't go through the walls and stuff. But yeah, if you go and touch the stuff, that's a different story. But unfortunately, some thieves decided to break in in the early 2000s to try to get the copper out of the Dumbest guy and then, ever. And then the police went in after them without gear on and we're just like, I'm just sitting there go like, and so, like, Paris is kind of going, okay, what do we do with this highly radioactive spot? And people aren't respecting the fact that don't go in there, you will die. But what? Right, and then the thing is, this is uh, there's alpha, but remember I, I said earlier, too, that I think they it gives off alpha, beta, and gamma, which is, mm-hmm. so that is more deadly than polonium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's going to be for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know why? Because... Because radium has the longest half-life, uh, the longest half-life isotope of radium is a 1,602 years. That's right, I remember. So that's just, you know, if we go from 10 grams to 5 grams is 1,600 years. Then go from 5 grams to 2.5 grams is another 1,602 years. So it'll be a while before it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was her institute. In 1914 to 1919, she uh, ran the radiology service. They ran radiology services and introduces radon therapy to France to help with cancer. And do you know why it's helpful with cancer? There's specific specific types of cancer. Uh, no, tell me about it. It is used to treat prostate cancer that has spread to the bones mm. because. Calcium and, rad- and radium are in the same column, so they have the same properties. Mm. So they can target target the cancer bone cells, and then the alpha particles that it emits gets kills those cells. And so the reason why it does that is because because they're so similar, calcium and, radi- and radium, it gravitates to where the newborn bone is forming because mm. it's very similar to calcium. And the radium settles into that cancerous tissue. And then because the alpha particles go out, but they don't go out very far, remember, because it has low penetration, right. it basically just kills the cancerous tissue and doesn't kill as much of everything else. You know, oh. it would be different if you put, like, beta radiation or gamma radiation <laughs> into your bone, like, you'd be screwed. It just shoot out the other side of your bone. Right. You're like, and I killed everything in my path. Hello. <laughs> so this one, so it just does that. Um, and so... They are testing to see if they this can be done for breast cancer patients where they have developed bone that is metastasized to the bone. So it's okay. it has to be something that's metastasized basically to, to, to your bones. Bone. Yeah, because that's what it helps with. 
Right. But it's interesting that you're that we use. I always find it interesting that we use radiation to kill cancer cells when the, it's cancer has been caused oftentimes by radiation. By radiation. But then you can yeah. use it to kill it. So it's interesting. It's a circle of life, Cindy. That's true. Um, in on July fourth, nineteen thirty-four, she dies at the age of sixty-six of a plastic anemia, which they basically think she was exposed to way too much radiation over a long period of time, even Gee, low dosages. Really? Yeah, because they, yeah. Um, in 1995, she was reburied in the Parthenon, which is France's national mausoleum, becoming the first woman awarded the honor on her own merit. Oh. So, like, women that were, like, royalty, that was not their own merit. Oh, they, they were born into it. Yeah. Didn't do anything right. for it. But she was, on her own merit, she Ooh. was the first woman to be awarded that honor. Cool. Um. Uh, oh yeah if you breathe or swallow it the effects can include cancer anemia cataracts and death yeah like <laughs> side effects include death yeah. <laughs> um so let's talk about radium for a little bit and then i will tell you some fun facts about how much of an icon she is okay um, so the we've gotten over some of the stuff that I had. Um, again, it was discovered in with polonium by the Curies. Um, there's one milligram from ten tons of pitch blend. So they had to go through ten tons of material to get one little milligram, and so that's one one thousandth of a gram. <laughs> so just saying, that's small. Um, and the reason why they, they saw, they knew that it was in there when we were talking about it before is that they, they were looking at, um, the atomic spectrum that gets released, uh, or the light, it, basically the samples glowed with a faint blue light. And so they knew that it was a different thing than uranium and whatever other radioactivity things that they had in there. Um, so they used to use it, as we already said, in toothpaste, hair creams, foodstuffs until they realized that it was deadly. Um, and they used it actually also used to be used in on luminous paint, like for clocks and watches. Yes, many women factory workers actually mm -hmm. died from radiation poisoning from 1917 to 1920 because they were painting watch and clock faces with the luminous radium without realizing its danger. Yep, and so it's funny is that the, it really it wasn't the fact that it was hurting people who wore it because the glass and the metal would actually stop it because of the alpha particles. But it was the people who were painting it and sitting there either getting it on their skin or inhaling fumes or things like that that were actually dying from it. Yes. Um, it, they stopped using it as a cancer cure in um, 1976, though. Uh, well, I think they still do. Because there is the thing that I read that there was still testing that was being done for the, the, the bone cancer part. Yeah. I don't know about Well, they might, have, they might have taken a break. I think they're just shooting everyone with it because... Radium, you will find that there are, there are, um, there was, in 1912, there's a Radium Palace Hotel that promised yeah. treatment from Radium Spas. Because Radium, there's yeah. springs that give off Radium. Right, there's, that, yeah, it's naturally occurring in small amounts, and we're constantly exposed to small amounts of it, but, yeah. yeah. And so people thought, like you said, they were putting it in soaps and toothpaste and water and baby clothes, thinking that it was a right. natural Sure. It came from nature, so therefore it's good for you. Just like arsenic. And um, opium. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but there's actually, like, in the United States alone, there's uh, there were seven states boasted settlements called radium. And to this day, there's still three radium springs, one in Georgia, oh. one in New Mexico, and one in Wyoming. Do you know where in New Mexico? I'm used to no. New Mexico. Interesting. Hmm. Don't go there. <laughs> to the radium springs. Go to New Mexico. It's beautiful. But not to the... I have only put my foot in a corner of New Mexico. Oh, have you been to Four Corners? I did. I broke in when it was closed. Oh! <gasps> Rebel. They I lived in New just... Mexico for many, many years, and I have still never been to four, the Four Corners. Okay, so we were we were on a road trip with my dad, and we went to go there, and we drove there, and it, it was, like, closed for the day. It was, like, dusk, but it was uh, closed for the day. And we were, like, like and there was, like, just, okay, when I say we broke in, I mean, we walked around the gate. That <laughs> was across the road, and we walked up the road. Good thing they have a gate that you can walk around. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I walk, we walked around it, and we went, and uh, we I got to be in four places at once. Very cool. Yeah, but that's the closest I've been to anywhere in New Mexico. I used to live in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. I still do. You go and visit there quite often. Except not I do, a global except pandemic. not during the pandemic. Right. Things like that. Details. Um, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, radium. what's uh, interesting is that they extract radium today in the same manner that the Curies did it. <laughs> We haven't gotten any better at it. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Um, it is present in all uranium ores and can be extracted as a byproduct of uranium refining. Um, there are rich stores uh, in the DR Congo and Canada. Um, but today, the mostly it's mainly extracted from actually uh, from spent fuel rods from nuclear reactors. Mm. Yeah. Actually, annual production is under 100 grams per year. And there was... I thought that I was going to talk about... Oh, yeah. What's interesting, polonium. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to polonium for a second. All commercially produced polonium is from Russia. Yes, I read that, so that too. That was very interesting that we're using... The only reason we have the nuclear bomb because of the stuff we got from Russia. Okay. Um, I think it was radium. The United States gave uh, Marie Curie a gram of radium as a gift... And it was worth like a million dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, there's not much. Like, annual price is one, under 100 grams per year. So get, get a stack of, of $1, $100. That weight is how much is produced. Yeah, I think they gave her like a gram. And they're like, <laughs> she was like, sweet. Awesome. I'll have to get it out of the pitch sled myself. <laughs> yeah, the 10 tons to get one one thousandth of a gram. So much. That's oh, my lot. gosh. Um, the last couple of things uh, is that radium actually decays several times and then it turns into lead. <laughs> Again, huh. the thing's not great. But yeah. isn't it lead that keeps out the the radium? gamma radiation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of weird. Full circle. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, radioactivity is just weird because it's like it does this and it gives off something and becomes a new element. <laughs> it's just like it's like weird. evolution in the chemistry world. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, did there there is a actual a measurement called the Curie, Ooh. which is it's called it's abbreviated CI, mm-hmm. and it is equal to the amount of radiation emitted of a quantity of radionuclides that is equal to one gram of radium. So basically, however much radiation one gram of radium gives off is mm, is a Curie. Curie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they me- they measure um, radiation. There's a couple of different ways that they measure radiation, and one of them is the Curie. So mm. it's kind of cool that they named it after her. Woo. 
after probably both of them. But, yeah. you know. You know. She just gets all the credit because he died early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tragically. Those darn horses in the, the oh, like, stagecoach. Um, I think that's it. That's all I got for radium. Okay. The last thing we have is Curium. You're going to chat a bit about some other cool stuff about her, though, first. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Basically, she's an icon in Poland and in France. Um, Poland and France declared in 2011 was the year of Marie Curie. Oh. Not Pierre. Sorry, he gets nothing. Um, Google celebrated you get her, for dying early? her 100-year anniversary birthday with a doodle. A Google okay. doodle. I like those. Um, so one element and three radioactive minerals are named after her. Don't tell me. Don't ask me to name the minals because no one, no one knows or cares. Um, we named we named some rocks after you. Congratulations. She, she uh, has a metro station in Paris named after her. Mm-hmm. Polish research. Uh, a Polish research reactor, seven thousand Curie asteroids, and Dutch Airlines has an airplane also also named after her. Oh, is that and, like the actual the, the type of airplane it is named after? Yeah, the type of airplane, uh-huh. a KLM. Which I actually had to look it up because they're like, there's a KLM bridal. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's also a bridge in Warsaw named after her. Huh. So lots of things named after her. Also, she's That's mentioned in. She's mentioned in two different plays. There's her likeness in two different plays. One is called False Assumptions. And um, the other one's called Manya, the Living History of Marie Curie. Hmm. And her likeness has been on both on banknotes, stamps, and coins. So she is pretty popular. She's also on the new show, Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum. They have a whole thing on her. Ooh. That's a really, it's a really fun one. Greta really likes it. Um, Basically, they have a problem and then they go into the secret museum, which is like a secret entryway in the museum. And they go back in time and they meet a famous person when they were kids and what problem they had. And then with that problem, then they see, they kind of transport later in their lives and get to see what, like how they did it. And Marie Curie is like, it's basically her just trying again and again and again and having like. Having 10 tons of pitch blend. Yes. And then she finally gets, she gets that thing. But it's a and then their whole thing is like, people change the world were once kids like you and me. It's a, it's a cute. Right. That's cute. Idea. Yeah. And so she was on that. It's almost She's like been... the Peabody, the Sherman and Peabody, where they, they go back in time and they meet different people. But that's as kids instead of it being as like just learning about them as adults. Yeah. They they meet them first as kids and then they meet them again later when they're older. Right. They do a lot of different people. It's really kind of, um, that's cool. it's Fun. really a nice, in fact, there's people that I'm like, Who's that? (laughs) Didn't know about that. She was a paleontologist. I didn't know about her. Kind of thing. (laughs) Um, and I think that's all. My phone notes. All I have on Curium is it's on the Mars rover. That's all I got. Oh, is it? I did not get that. Yes, there is a there is a a piece of it that I don't know. There's part. There is. Something it provides is- power to electrical equipment in space missions. So, Mars rover. That's probably why. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Curium, a- they didn't say whether or not it was named after her or her husband or both. No it was one's both. been very 
clear. In 1944 by uh, was uh, found in oh. 1944 by Glenn Seaborg and his colleagues, um, and his colleagues were Ralph James and Albert Giorso. Um, they were using the cyclotron at Berkeley, California. Berkeley uh, is a huge point of discovering. There's a there's an element named after Berkeley, <laughs> or yes. there's Californium. There's Berkeleyum and there's Californium. Mm-hmm. We're basically going to have an episode called Berkeley. They invented all of these. Everything. Well, because they they um, they hit newly the newly discovered plutonium with alpha particles. And then they sent that to the metallurgical laboratory at the University of Chicago, where the sample of curium was eventually separated and identified. But this is really fun. So, and it was named after, it was in honor of both Marie and Pierre. Okay. Um, the silver radioactive metal. Um, and he, the news of the discovery was not let out until after World War II, which kind of makes sense because, you know, like craziness going on. Don't want to give anybody any ideas. But Seaborg announced it when he appeared as a guest scientist on a radio show for children on the 11th of November, 1945. And then officially it was announced the next week. <laughs> so he was like, we'll just let that out. You kids Whoops. have found a new thing. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um, and what's interesting is that, so I think the, on the, that little, it's, so what we're talking about the periodic table, there's the big table and then there's this little section that's pulled out and put below the table. Yeah. And those are all the ones that are basically not natural that we created in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they put them in order of when they discover them. But oh. this one is the third synthetically produced since, trans, since uh, uranium, uh, the transuranium element was discovered, but it's the second one after americonium on the table so like i think americonium america americum americium americium i don't know i say it it's america with an em at the end america americium america there we go americium america yeah so you have um america americium which is right after plutonium so not so not all of those are ones that we've created, right? Those plutoniums are an actual element. Right. But after that, all these ones with the higher um, atomic numbers are ones we created. So it goes americurium, then curium, and then berkelium. But it's it was the third invented, not the second invented. But it's not that way on the periodic table. Hmm. So I'm not really sure why that is. But when you get into like people in a lab trying to just push another. <laughs> Let's just bombard this with a whole bunch of things and see what happens. And sometimes these half-lives of these things are like a millisecond. Like yeah, it's yeah. barely, barely like I'm those ones. I'm like, really, is that really a thing? I think it has to be stable for a little while <laughs> for you to be able to apparently, see. Apparently not. So yes, its use is, uh, provides power to electrical equipment and space missions. Um, the isotope CM242 generates three watts of thermal energy per gram, which is more than plutonium produces. So again, a little bit stronger. Um, and CM242 and 244 have been used as power sources for space and medical practices. So it does have a, a fair amount of um, goodness there, but not good in your body. Again, alpha decay. Um, it accumulates in bones and destroys the red blood, red blood cell formation because that's where the red blood cells are formed in your bones. Is this, is this with... Uh, by theory, or did they actually like? Has someone actually been poisoned by this? I don't know. I assume <laughs> that they actually know that it does this, but I don't know. <laughs> they did not say. 
I kind of hoped that it wasn't, though, because, like, that poor guy is like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, but they're also making this stuff up in these labs, so, you know, I don't know. Are you saying you get what you get? Well, you are working around radioactive stuff, so you gotta... Got another risk. Taking the risks, right. I'm not saying they deserve it, I'm just saying there's risks. Right. Um, so minute... Minute amounts may exist in natural deposits of uranium, but there's no evidence that they exist today. But they may have in the past. So, what? what's really interesting, the most stable isotope of curium, uh, which is curium-247, has a half-life, wait for it, of 16 million years. <laughs> <laughs> so, if curium was around in primordial times... It would have disappeared millions of years ago, even with a 16 million year old half-life. That's a long half-life. I wish my so, half-life was that long. Right? So it may have existed a while ago, not so much now. Um, oh, man. Okay, so again, you make it by taking plutonium and throwing neutrons at it in a nuclear reactor and creating it. Um, but only a few grams are produced each year for obvious reasons. Um, and I didn't get too much into this, but it exists as two crystal structures. There's a double hexagonal closed pact and a high temperature face centered cubic closed pact. No idea what that meant, but that's I know. I think so I was, cool. There was like another sentence or two, and I'm like, I don't, I can't wrap my brain around it. I'm just going to go with that. That's cool. It comes in. Do you get like crystals. a sound in your head that's like, warning, warning, you won't understand? <laughs> I'm like, shutting down. Too much. I didn't even get to the end of the sentence, and I'm like, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't understand. Okay. But it's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's cool. all we got about Korean, because yes. we've made it. In There's a not much. Yeah, no. we've made a lot. Which is why we threw it on there. I mean, it is connected to her, in yes. a way. Well, so we wanted to have... Right. Yeah. So. And it so... makes sense, because it's super radioactive. <laughs> radioactive well so, that's the thing so radioactivity is because it's unstable that's why it, it emits particles to become more stable so you yeah. already have an unstable plutonium and then you're throwing more neutrons at it trying to make <laughs> it more something it's not so like what do you expect of course it's going to be more radioactive it doesn't want to be that way you're forcing it on them i always find it really interesting that there's like there's so many science fiction and superhero comics and things that are about radioactivity and it's not usually um, like plutonium, not plutonium. It usually is plutonium. It's not That's usually radium. like radium or polonium or curium, but. Yeah, I mean, you usually, you think uranium and thorium. That's what you think about when you think radioactivity. I think plutonium for some reason. And my brain, my brain goes to plutonium. Like when I think of like radioactive materials, I'm like plutonium or uranium is definitely one. Yeah. But. Yeah, just it. I mean, it is very popular in culture, but like not the ones we talked about today. They're not usually the ones used. Although you do hear the word gamma rays a lot. Mm -hmm. well, that's fun. It's like sci-fi stuff. Like, oh, the gamma yeah. radiation because it's not good for you. No. However, it will not give me spider powers. No. <sighs> or make you into the Hulk. I'd rather have spider powers. Yeah, me too. It's just you know, big and green. Versus kind walls. Mm, yeah. Only having powers when I'm really pissed off. <laughs> you won't like me when I'm angry. I'm really angry. Although She-Hulk was a lawyer, so, you know, whatever. 
Well, that kind of makes sense, right? Well, lawyers. <laughs> Just saying. Except she was like always green. I never, anyways, I never, I delved a little bit into that world and then I was like, this a little weird. Yeah. Anyways, so cool. I think that's, that's it. it. Mm-hmm. Cindy, where can they find you? Uh, you can visit my other alter ego, my marine mammal research at www.pacmam.org. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. And we have a podcast as well if you like marine yes, mammals. Yes, 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 yes. Listen to that. And we're also on YouTube. They have uh, videos of our of some of our podcasts on there as well. So fun. That's awesome. We enjoy. And where they can find you. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Gracie Runs 50 by 50. That's 50x50, um, where I rarely post things. But <laughs> <laughs> And where my whole run in 50 half marathons in 50 states by the time I'm 50 is kind of screeched to a halt. <laughs> I said halt. A halt. Uh, because, um, you know, pandemic. Pandemic and pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, Cindy and I are doing some virtual races coming up, which is, mm-hmm. you know, fine. It's but better. It's, better than nothing, but not the same. No, it's not. In fact, right now we are working on, um, we are virtually running a, around uh, Florida. Florida. Because you don't want to go to Florida right now. Oh, God. No. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I'm just, I had a coworker that went there. I was like, why? Do <laughs> It's like the worst place to go, but oh well. Um, yeah, so we're virtually running around Florida to save the floaty potatoes, AKA also known as manatees, because we love manatees. They're adorable. They Good. are. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And and that and that gif where that one runs into the glass wall just cracks me up. Or gif, whatever you call it. The gif. I call it gif. I think it is gif. Yeah, I think so. But anyways, there's one where a man, and she's like, you hear him like, uh-oh, uh-oh, no, no. He just, like, smooshes his nose against the glass. <laughs> he, like, bounces off. Poor manatee. Oh, they're dumb, but they're cute. Floaty potatoes. They are floaty potatoes. Well, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that when we randomly decide to download <laughs> or after four months, you can go, aha, so you won't have to just keep checking. It'll download right to your phone. You can find us um, at Spotify, and you can find us on Apple, uh, anywhere else you get your um, yes. your podcast. Uh, make sure to like us. Um, leave a review. I think we said we'd, we'd give a gift to the first person who reviews us. Uh, mm. We have yet to give anyone a gift. <laughs> so. so get on it. <laughs> I will give myself a gift and leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Yeah. These girls are hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, feel free to tell people about it. That's how we get the word out about mm-hmm. science. Um, if we actually have more people showing interest, we will be more consistent. I think it's sure. the fact that only one of my coworkers listens to us that I even. Um, there's a few people. There's a few. Yeah. And not just my dad. Or my no, aunt. I have a friend too that listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got like we've got like six <laughs> listeners. A solid six. Done. Um, help us get more people. Help us get yeah, more. Yeah, we will gladly. I mean, if I'm I'm a mo- I'm an easily motivated person. You gotta just motivate me. 
got to be like, hey, Grace, you know, I'm I'm really want to hear the next podcast, and then I'll actually be like, oh, people are t- counting on me. But if it's just Cindy being like, uh, you want a podcast? I'm like, <laughs> like it's been a while. We'll probably do one, <laughs> or we'll do seven in a weekend, whatever, right. <laughs> and then forget to load them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's my my bad. No, I can't leave it all to you, poor Cindy. I'm like, hey, can you um, do all the recordings and editings and um, posting? <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> no problem. Bye bye. <laughs> then I'm like, I don't have time to research. It's too much work. <laughs> As I'm stuck at home. <laughs> I've got places to go and people to not see. Okay, no, yeah, I, I have nowhere to go and people to stay Damn far it. away from social distance. <laughs> It's a time away from these people that are in my house all the time. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Um, all right, we're gonna we let them go. Yes, we should. We've we've been talking for far too long. <laughs> so once again, my name is Grace. My name is Cindy. Stay away from radioactive material, people. Don't go to and, the radio springs. Yeah, and we'll you'll hear from us later. Sounds good. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, it is now testing. Testing. Is it on? Oh, look at that baby. Baby, whoa. Almost got headbutted by a baby. I can't get enough of that baby.